I'm going to preach, but I'm not going to preach long. I want to deal with something that's there. It's always there. It, it passes our thinking from time to time. There are certain things that makes it come to the front, forefront, and we think about it momentarily, but we realize we don't know what to do with it, and we let it go. It's this thing called eternity. Eternity. There was a man many years ago, Arthur Stance, an Australian. According to the words on him, they called him a bum. He was a full-blown alcoholic and very impoverished. He lived that way until August 6, 1930, and he heard the gospel being preached. He gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ on that day. Everything changed. What I mean by everything, the way he would think. In just a few months, maybe a year, finding a church, going to church, his pastor got up one day and preached. He said, if I could, I would go to every street in Sydney and just scream out, eternity, eternity, eternity. Well, that spoke to Arthur. And so he started something that he did for 20 years. He would get up every morning early. He would pray for one hour. And by 5 o'clock, he was going to the streets of Sydney. And he was taking chalk and he was writing the word eternity on sidewalks, on brick walls. About every 100 feet, wherever he prayed and felt directed that day, he's writing this word eternity, eternity, eternity. <laughs> no one knew who was doing it, but the buzz got around. And yeah, that showed up here. The media would, newspapers would talk about it. But they didn't know until two years after his death that it was him. Eternity. They called him after his death, of course, Mr. Eternity. There's a brass plaque there now by the opera house. Eternity. What is this thing, eternity? Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If you'll turn with me. Verses 9 through 15. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. What the Bible brings out is we find in Job 36, 26, that the mind can't comprehend eternity. If I ask for a raise of hands today, how many of you have, have find the right wording to describe eternity so that everybody would understand, would you raise your hand? Nobody would raise their hand. Because it's that thing that the mind can't comprehend. We, we try to grasp it. We try to make a metaphor out. We try to make an analogy out of it. We try to capture something to describe eternity, but we are at loss of words. And yet we know it's there. How is that? 
Scripture bears out. The mind can't comprehend it, but the heart captures it. What do we mean by that? You see, there's something in us we want to live. And we want to live forever. Cryogenics, we have those after their death, they have their bodies frozen. Waiting for technologies to catch up so that that body could once again live. The fountain of youth. I wonder, has anybody found it? Oh, we're still looking for it, aren't we? It wasn't just Ponce de Leon that was looking for it in Florida. You go back to Alexander the Great, traveling, searching for this fountain of youth. We haven't changed too much today. If we hear something being advertised that makes us look younger, longer, we're ready to buy it, aren't we? That's a good place for an amen. There is something in us that says there has to be something beyond. But the mind can't comprehend it. The brilliant mind of Stephen Hawking. They've really never tested him, but they assumed his IQ must have been 160. His body, of course, debilitated by ALS. Was asked at the close of his life, do you believe in life after death? He said, there's no life after death. That brilliant mind could not capture Eternity, it's a thing of the heart. God has put eternity in our hearts. As a pastor, I've been called upon many, many times, of course, to lead, to conduct a memorial service, a funeral. And in the few moments of discussion, celebrating a life, honoring a life, talking about what's next. For those few moments, a congregation, an audience will try to grasp it, but we're ready to let that go as soon as the funeral's over and to deal with the temporal. And yet it's there. It's there. This eternal versus the temporal. The Bible describes several things as eternal. It talks about eternal life. It talks about an eternal kingdom. Talks about an eternal king. And it talks to us about an eternal home. They have a common denominator each time anything that's eternal is connected to him. Because he is an eternal God. We try to get our mind wrapped around it. The Bible also declares that he is an eternal king. Yesterday, the world witnessed the coronation of Charles III, King Charles III. And yet, it's a temporary assignment for him. It's not eternal. There are some 43 sovereign states around the globe today that have a monarch, that have a king. But none of them are eternal. We look to our God and see, recognize by his word that he is eternal. He's immortal. He's invisible. He's eternal. He's eternal king and his kingdom. Isaiah captured it 
in the prophetic that we usually describe at Christmas, unto us was given a child, a son, wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father. Again, speaking of eternity, Timothy is getting instruction from Paul, 1 Timothy, and Paul says he is the king of the ages, the king of glory, again, immortal. So we come back to us in a simple message, eternity. Eternity. What is it? What am I going to do with it? Is it important? The Bible describes in Mark, the Bible calls him a rich young ruler. Maybe he was a, like a senator to, for us today. Comes to the rabbi, what must I do to inherit eternal life was his question. You see, he had fame. He had wealth. He had intelligence. But that mind was trying to comprehend what must I do to inherit eternal life. Here we are today in a Christian church preaching a Christian message. For many of us, we've been raised around church or in church. We hear messages about eternal life and we begin to think, yes, I've heard lessons in Sunday school, in children's church, youth camps, Sermons from the pulpit, eternal life. But can I have it? Can I exist forever and ever and ever? And if I do, do I have to keep the same old body? <laughs> I'm just making sure you're still with me. The good news is, these bodies are temporal. They'll get exchanged for something that can last forever. Eternity, the preacher said. If I could go to every street and wake them up, eternity. If I could go down to the sports coliseum, whether they're playing basketball Baseball, football, soccer, eternity. Each one of us are given the opportunity of eternal life. But anything eternal goes back to God. How many has learned John 3.16? For God so loved the world. That he gave us his only begotten son. That whosoever. Born in Ecuador. Brazil. Spain. In an island nation. Whosoever. In Mexico. In Peru. In Honduras. Yes. Whosoever in the Dominican, Amen. in Cuba, whosoever 
will not have to perish, but have everlasting life. I was just a little boy from the west side of Hamilton, Ohio, but I heard the message that I could have eternal life. Eternity. Let us remember what has been promised here. After Solomon, the preacher, goes through all that he talked about, the toil. How many of you have ever worked on something only, well, let's just talk about yard work. You got that yard mowed so nice, pulled all the weeds, and it rained. And next week, guess what? You got to cut it again. The toil of man, and he finally can it's just vanity. It just cycles. All the work that I do, I'm going to die and somebody else is going to get it. It's just vanity. And then he went into the sequence of there's a time for everything. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to stack stones. There's a time to throw them down. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. But then he came to this reality. That the gift of God given to us is that we can enjoy life. Kind of sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? That you may have life and have it abundantly. That we may live and enjoy the way life was meant to be. That's the secret. Too many times we take this thing called life and, and abuse it. Can I hear an amen? But he offers us life. This is the gift of man, he says. That everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is the gift to man. Would you stand with me?